Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You're listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 264 of Linux in the Ham Shack. This is our Weekender edition, so we're going to just have a little bit of fun tonight, and I think this is Weekender number 21, so we've done this for a little bit of time now, and this is where we just talk about some fun stuff. We let you know about upcoming events and special event stations, conferences, things you can do, distributions you can try, then we jump right on into hedonism where we talk about food and drink and merriment and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go ahead and start off with some upcoming amateur radio contests. And this being December, all of this stuff seems to be pretty light these days. So we're going to give you what we found. And Bill will tell you about some uh, contests that you can do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, it is the uh, end of of the year contest. So we're getting down to slim pickings. But this week we do have an opportunity to work... uh, Work gritty, uh, sideband, or CW. Pick your contest because you have all three options here. Uh, we have the OKDX Ritty contest, and this runs from 0000 Zulu to 2400 Zulu on December 15th. This is the Czech Republic, and it brings you uh, the Warble Warble this weekend and uh, the very popular OK Ritty. So look out for the CQ OK and Ritty. It's going to be on 10, 15, 20, 40, and 80 meters. And, of course, follow the IARU band planned on that. Uh, We have the Padang uh, DX contest uh, that runs from 1200 Zulu December 15th to 1159 Zulu December 16th. It's uh, Indonesia to the world. The Padang DX contest is a single side band only, and it's on 10, 15, 20, 40, and 80 meters. Um, So, yeah, you can check that one out. And uh, we have one here that actually has 160 on it. So if you were uh, looking for some top band activity and didn't get enough the other weekend, uh, we have the Croatian CW contest, and this runs uh, 1400 Zulu December 15th to 1400 Zulu December 16th. The uh, Croatian Amateur Radio Association, HRS, and they have the honor of inviting amateurs all over the world to take part in the 2018 Croatian CW contest, and this is on 10 through 160 uh, without the work bands. And that's over on the nine, <laughs> the, the nine ACW contest. <laughs> hey, and I'm wondering if, uh, since we're going to have the coffin there anyway, I'm wondering if my hum is gone because I think it's my furnace. Oh, you're safe. Testing one, two, three, four, five, five. Test, 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 test. Yeah, I don't, I don't notice. Yeah, that. it's the furnace. So like, I, I couldn't really hear it, but like when I started paying attention, I was like, oh, there is a drone in here and it's my, uh, my furnace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording well, in the basement just to bring all of you, the audience, back into our conversation here that we started before we recorded. So, <laughs> so those are the contests that are this weekend. Uh, I only found one big one for next weekend. Russ, you want to do that one? Oh, let Cheryl do that one actually, because it's all fleshed out in full text and everything. Yeah, Woo-hoo. not 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 shortcutted by Bill. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> 
So the next weekend's contest is the R-A-E-M contest. It's from Zero Zulu to 11.59 Zulu on December 23rd. Um, so actually, this is this next weekend? Yeah, I guess this would be, well, no. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's next weekend when this comes <laughs> yes. out. Yeah. Right, so, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, no, no. Sorry, yeah, I was just like, wait, is are we already that far in the month? <laughs> we, are. we are. It's, it's only 12 hours, too, so it's going to be a quick yeah. one. Yeah, quick one, yep. So radio amateurs from around the world are invited to participate in the 47th RAME HF International CWA Contest. The RAME Contest is organized by the SRR, which is the Soyuz Radial <laughs> Jubatelli J. Rossi. <laughs> Uh, I'm guessing that's right. I'm sure that's, 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 that's not right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the English version of it. It's the uh, Union of the Russian Radio Amateurs in the memory of Ernst Krinkle, uh, who uh, was alive 1903 to 1971. He was a famous polar explorer and the radio communications operator. His call sign was R-A-E-M. Uh, the hero of the Soviet Union, the chairman of the USSR's, yeah, USSR, Radio Sport Federation from 1959 to 1971, and the first chairman of the Central Radio Club of the USSR. Beginning from 1924, Krinkle was a pioneering member and a main radio operator of many Russian Arctic winter research expeditions, as well as a veteran of the Russian Arctic Polar Station, North Pole One, as well as numerous other Arctic marine expeditions. All right, very good. So, contest you can try coming up just before Christmas. Yeah, and you get to go. Collude with some uh, Russians there. <laughs> Maybe you get to talk to Trump while you're at Yeah, exactly. You might <laughs> intercept a communique between comrades. Oh, yeah, just be careful. That smocking gun thing. Smocking? Yeah. Uh, You've met, uh, did you yeah. not see that today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you like some more vodka, comrade? <laughs> All right. Special events coming up. We have NASA on the air. This sounds cool. 2018 is a big year for NASA anniversaries, and they'd like you to help them celebrate. NASA was created in 1958. The first manned lunar mission was in 1968, and the first elements of the International Space Station were launched in 1998. The club stations at the various NASA centers and facilities plan to be on the air with special events to celebrate these milestones and some may be offering commemorative QSL cards. There will be a special certificate indicating how many centers you worked on various bands and modes that may be downloaded. QSL instructions are available on the qrz.com site for each individual club station. There's a web-based system for you to check your points total and download a certificate at the end of the event in December. Visit the score section for a link to that system. Points will be awarded for each center worked on each band and mode, phone, CW, and digital. And the event will run from December 27th through December 2018. I said 27th, 2017 through December 2018. Right. So we're coming here to the end of the event. And, uh, That's right. I guess what it's I, almost over. I guess what I didn't put in here is like what they're actually doing the, this time, which is the, uh, the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 8 launch, which is the, uh, the 21st of December with a splashdown of, uh, the 27th of December. So they're going to be definitely on the air trying to close out this program here for 2018. So if you haven't had the opportunity to work uh, NASA on the air, this would be a great opportunity to uh, catch them before they uh, they uh, don't continue this program on into 2019. 
does the NOTA site have band and mode, or do they specify like when they're going to operate? Uh, I don't see anything. They do have a Twitter account set up for it, NASA Radio Clubs. I would check that out. They seem to be fairly active and say which station's going to be online. Yeah, so like their last tweet was the, the 8th, and they had uh, November, November 4, Sierra Alpha from the the MSFC ARC. Uh, M, was that uh, something? Um, can't remember what MS is. I know. <clears throat> is it the Marshall Space Flight Center? Yeah, Marshall Space Flight Center. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> That's the one out there towards uh, <laughs> t- towards Assateague and Shinkatig Island. And they were on 15 meters FT8. So, yeah, if you follow uh, NASA Radio Clubs at NASA Radio Clubs uh, on Twitter, you can probably uh, catch them on the air. All right. Very good. So, well, you fleshed out that topic. You can uh, talk to us about <laughs> the, the, the Flying Elf. Yes, the Flying Elf is, uh, you know, we already have a special events going on here in the U.S. Uh, with the Santa Net. Uh, but here's a, here's a Santa Claus is on the air from Romania. And look for the following special event Santa Claus stations to be active during December. Activity will be on various HF bands using CW, sideband, and digital modes. The electronic award will be issued for working stations on at least three different bands upon request. And this is over in Romania, so these are all Yankee Papa stations. So be on the lookout for all the Yankee Papa call areas, so Yankee Papa Zero and XMAS, like Christmas, (laughs) X-Ray Mike Alpha Sugar. And uh, they'll be on from various locations uh, throughout Romania. And uh, check it out. That uh, was given. Uh, we saw that story over there on Southgate. I don't see YP one. There's no YP one X. Yeah, I don't see that either. That's uh, interesting. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe that's the secret hidden station that gets you the decoder ring. Right. Content. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on, we have some more uh, amateur radio stuff on the air for the Christmas season. Cheryl can read this one. I. Hopefully it's not like too butchered, but yeah, it was okay. kind of butchery. Yeah. All right, do your best. So it's all Bill's so, fault. So we can okay. ask. or do your worst. Either one, the worst would be funnier. So thanks. <laughs> so the next story is Holy Land Christianity on the air. H O C O T A. Members of the Israel Amateur Radio Club (IARC) are pleased to announce the 2018 Christmas activity for its national award program. Holy Land Christianity on the Air. The program includes numerous sites with major significance to Christianity, well known to every Christian and based by the language and citation from the Holy Books, Christian tradition, beliefs, and heritage, as well as documented archaeology and other researches. Look for these stations on the air. 4X2XMAS, which is the Church of the Holy Apostles, 4X3XMAS, uh, Caesarea Crusader Fortress, 4X19HNY, Jerusalem, 4X9XMAS is Latin, and 4X0M, or OM, excuse me. No, it's 0M. 4X0M. So, they didn't have a location for that something. one. Yeah. So. It really makes me wish that 666 was a valid RST. But oh, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Boo you. Boo. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> it was only oh, it was 2018 years ago. Well, no, he was what, 30? How old was he when, supposedly when he died? 32? Like 32 or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
So if you want to get, uh, it doesn't say anything about, does it say something about like uh, commemorative QSLs or anything on this? Uh, or? They did have information on QSLs. I'm just pulling it up real quick here. Uh, so there will be QSLs. Some of them are only via Logbook of the World. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Q- EQSL, maybe. No bureau, no card. No bureau, no card. So they're not going to do any cards, it looks like. And I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. Uh, this is specifically for the Holy Land Christianity on the Air Award program, which I did not research. So let me look up that real quick. So there is a separate award program for that, and a separate tracking system for that. And it looks like it's still in development on their website. <laughs> no, they better get it done fairly quickly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see. So they have a, a section award at least ten QSOs or seventy percent of sites worked according to the lesser with station operating. We have a general award and a fifty QSOs with stations running under the program. And one, yeah, okay. So that's uh, yeah. So they have a site for this. I'll uh, go ahead and put this link in the. Uh, in the website and our show notes as well. So uh, if you want more information on that particular awards program, uh, it'll be there. Very good. So moving on, that's, that's really all we had. There's, uh, you know, the, the Christmas time stuff, uh, late, you know, December events and things like that, but really there's not a whole lot going on. I guess everyone's going into hibernation mode. So with that, we'll just move on to some announcements and we'll just say, hey, hope everybody has a happy holiday. We will do one more recording, episode number 265, and that's going to be our roundup roundtable, I guess, where we talk a little bit about 2018, things that went on, our show, whatever, and we invite everybody who's a listener who has access to the Mumble server to connect to us, and we'll just have a good time chit-chatting with all of you. Uh, maybe throw out some useful information if we have any to give for episode number 265, which will be recorded on the evening of December 17th. So if you can make it, we certainly hope you will. And uh, as we did in the last episode, we'll remind K9KJN that this is the time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll try to be on, uh, I'll try to be on extra early to help people out with any, uh, mumble testing and difficulties and stuff like that and uh um hopefully we, we won't need to create a, a little lobby room and stuff like that to pre-test <laughs> people's abilities to get their <laughs> speakers and headsets working uh <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh yeah if you want to try it out sooner you can catch me on during the week or whatever i'm, I'm most of the time i'm home so we can uh help you work out your audio issues uh, ahead of time yeah. And since I actually have a mixer board here, I might actually try and get the receive audio from my rig into this. We might actually have an HF connection to the mumble so we can get people on that way. That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, on 10 meters. <laughs> yeah, we'll get all those 10 meter groupies in there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably try 40, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know if you'd goes. want to pass anything we're going to talk about on uh, on the radio. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm not saying we would talk about it. I'm saying we could make contacts. Like, if people wanted to just make a contact with us while we're doing it, we could do that, not have a full-blown, like, conversation over HF. Oh, uh, so we'll just have, like, the static running in our ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not going to be running in anyone's ears except mine. I'm so. teasing. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're being a jerk. Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So hope everybody can participate or at least a few people will, will come in and join us. And, and we certainly hope you come and listen. It should be a good, good way to wrap up 2018 from Linux in the Hand Shack. 
All right. So moving on, we're going to talk about a distribution to try in the open source world. And this is one I dug up on DistroWatch. It sounds kind of interesting and might be useful as a mobile Linux station for if you're going to be doing remote operation. It's a distribution called Antix. I'm assuming it's Antix and not Anti-X, but it could be either one, I suppose. Uh, it's a fast, lightweight, and easy-to-install systemd-free Linux. So if you like SysV in it, you'll like this. Um, I believe they went that route because this is supposed to be a lightweight distro. Uh, it's based on Debian Stable for Intel AMD x86 compatible systems. It offers users the Antics magic in an environment suitable for old and new computers. I could not find a definition of Antics magic. It's obviously something. Uh, so don't throw away that old computer yet. The goal of Antics is to provide a light but fully functional and flexible free operating system for both newcomers and experienced users of Linux. It should run on most computers ranging from 256 megabyte old P3 systems with pre-configured swap to the latest powerful boxes. 256 megs of RAM is recommended minimum. The installer needs a minimum of 2.7 gigabytes of hard disk, and it can be used as a fast-booting rescue CD as well. It also runs well live with or without persistence on a USB stick or frugal on a hard drive. Customize your version with their live remaster tools or create snapshots of an installed system. At the moment, Antics 17, Heather Higher, comes as a full distro, about 800 megabits, or megabytes, not bits. Uh, a base distro, 620 megabytes. A core distro, 310 megabytes. And a net distro, 150 megabytes for 32-bit and 64-bit computers. For those who wish to have total control over the install, use Antics Core or Antics Net and build up. Note that the net version will need an Ethernet connection. And a link to the Antics distro will be in the show notes. And the desktop was, um, you know, pretty decent for a minimal install too. <sighs> Nothing. I'm just I'm looking at the chat room now. Yeah, yeah. Don was asking about uh, has anybody been brave enough to install Ben? And uh, of course, I have. Deepin, of course. Yeah, Bill's installed Deepin. He ran it for yeah, a while. Yeah, well, like a couple of weeks. It was it was during my distro hopping days. No, and the funny thing is, he asked if we trust it. Yeah. And the thing is, we just talked about Deepin and its trustworthiness like not that long ago. Yeah. Because because it was a Chinese distribution, every time you know Bill would say something about it, I'd be like, oh, you better watch out. You know, it's a Chinese distro. You don't know what they're stealing from you. And then it turns out that it's like fully open and there's <laughs> no reason to even worry about it. So, well, there there's always reason to worry about it. But. <laughs> well, there's reason to worry about everything, though, not just about Deepin. Yeah, certain. like how many of you actually look at every line in the kernel? <laughs> you really trust uh, exactly. the boot? Did you, have you looked in your uh, unit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't. You you, you give a level no, of trust don't. there. Yes, you do. You have to hope that it's not eating your hard drive from the inside out. All right, so we got a couple of open source events coming up, one next week and one the week after. So, Cheryl, do you want to hit these? Sure. Sure, because you've been sitting there quietly and patiently. (laughs) (laughs) So our first one is the Hyperledger Global Forum, December 12th through the 15th, 2018, in Basel, Switzerland. Uh, What is involving developers, vendors, enterprise, and users and enthusiasts of business blockchain technologies. Uh, they'll converge in uh, Basel uh, December 12th through the 15th for the inaugural Hyperledger Global Forum. The first two days will feature a forum with keynotes, breakout sessions, and a technical showcase. 
The following two days will feature hands-on tutorials, workshop events, with the week culminating in a hackathon. Ooh. That's right. Go to Switzerland and hack your brains out. Hack, 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 hack. Yeah. <laughs> exactly sure that's what they were talking about. I, but said, okay, I well, said hack. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, Bob. Uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that. But... No, no, I wasn't going right. anywhere else with that. <laughs> All right, so you can you can read the next one, okay. too, then. And the next one is SciPy 2018. It's December 21st and 22nd in Bombay, India. SciPy is a conference providing opportunities to spread the use of the Python programming language in scientific computing community in India provides a unique opportunity to interact with the who's who of the Python for Scientific Computing fraternity and learn, understand, participate, and contribute to scientific computing using Python. One of the goals of the conference is to combine education, engineering, and science with computing through the medium of Python. All right. Very good. So SciPy 2018, uh, a week and a half, and... Hyperledger Global Forum, which is the first of its kind. It's the first mm-hmm. one. So yep. there you go. If you happen to be somewhere near Switzerland, maybe you can check that out. Yep. All right. And for the open source challenge I just threw in here, put a project in your shiny new GitHub account that we mentioned on the last challenge from a couple of weeks ago and write some code. Like, like don't just put a project out there. Actually do some code. Make something. Why are you looking at me? Be open source <laughs> because because you're sitting across from me. It's not oh, okay. it's not an incentive to actually start programming unless you want to. I mean, you certainly could. Well, like we talked about, it's not yeah. just programming. You can put. Uh, well, that's true. You could do documentation. Yep. You could do all kinds of things. Yep. Yeah, you you've seen my my gist at programming and it Actually, you could put your that's recipes. Right. You on could GitHub. put your recipes. You could. <laughs> and but, and the thing of it is, it's a collaborative editor, basically, too. So if somebody said that maybe you should use a quarter teaspoon of salt instead of a half, they could actually push up that code. Yeah, <laughs> they could do a branch see. request, and you could do a merge. And then, <laughs> and, and then you could do some PRs. And, uh... <laughs> so this is Cheryl's uh, Apple Walnut Salad version 1.1, release candidate zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right nice (laughs) so anyway let's move on to some hedonism for uh to get us into the holiday spirit so cheryl's going to tell us about a recipe what is it of course my recipe is cheesecake apple fluff salad um with the holidays upon us everybody needs quick desserts that's that's a given um and we actually i threw this together for russ's birthday party that we had on saturday night and I believe it was a huge hit. It was very good, yes. All right. So you liked it. I'm not a, usually a big fan of, like, fruit salady kind of desserts, but this one was very good. Okay. Thank you. So anyway, uh, you need 16 ounces of cream cheese that's been softened, a cup of granulated sugar, 16 ounces of whipped topping, uh, i.e. Cool Whip, or if you actually want to make your own, grab the, that container of heavy cream and, you know, start whipping. Um Three to five apples, uh, three three big ones, five little ones, diced. Uh, I personally used all gala apples, but a combination would be like Fuji and Granny Smith. So a uh, cup of chopped nuts, walnuts, or pecans. I use pecans. And one to two cups of mini marshmallows. Uh, put your cream cheese and your sugar in a bowl. And I've left out the vanilla. I had vanilla in mine, so I need to add that in there. Um, well, see, that's a perfect thing. You could yeah, have altered yeah. that code, pushed it up, and then there you go. then Don could do his get his clone. 
and uh, when he cloned, you know, but how long would it be before you started doing a get clone of a recipe and hope they would actually produce cookies? Uh, All right. So anyway, so so mix your your sugar, vanilla, and cream cheese together, uh, and either with a mixer, actual honest to goodness mixer, and you can either use the mixer and add your uh, whipped topping or stir it in. Stir in your apples, your nuts, and your marshmallows, and um, start to coat it. You can serve it immediately or start in the refrigerator in an airtight container for up to 24 hours. Some notes that I have on this is that Philadelphia cream cheese makes a ready-to-use pre-made refrigerated cheesecake mix. This would be a perfect use for that and save you a chunk of time. Uh, you can add grapes to the salad if you like or drizzle it with some caramel. If you want to make it festive before serving for Christmas, you can make a wreath on top of it with green green M&Ms and embellish it with red ones. So it's it's pretty well one of those go with whatever you think. Red Hots would probably work fine. Mm, I can see apples. that. Because yeah. it's a pretty sweet dessert, so anything you could do to kind of give it some spice or some savoriness would, would help a little. Yeah. I mean, the nuts help with that a little bit. but Right. Yeah, and it's pretty good. It's pretty easy to whip up. I know it didn't take you more than 20 minutes to put it together. No, so. the, the biggest time consumption was chopping up all the apples. Oh, yeah, there you go. So if you got a like high-speed apple chopper, then you're all set. Yeah. All right, very good. So check out, what was that called? The apple apple fluff salad? Cheesecake apple apple fluff salad. Cheesecake apple fluff salad. So there you go. Nice quick for when you're going to your office uh, Christmas party yes. or whatever. All right, very good. So we're going to move on to my drink corner for tonight. And tonight I was actually going to do something else, but then I decided to do a review of Tin Cup American Whiskey because I had not actually opened this bottle yet. So this is a whiskey that Cheryl got me for Birthmas, I guess. <laughs> Anna Birthmas. Yeah, Anna Birthmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we probably should have spread these holidays out over the year. Uh, it's okay. So, by their own marketing lingo, Tin Cup is a blend of two great American whiskeys, each aged in number three charred oak barrels. High rye bourbon, distilled and aged in Indiana, is blended with a small amount of Colorado single malt whiskey. These whiskeys are then cut with Rocky Mountain water. Tin Cup is named for the Colorado mining pioneers and the tin cups from which they drank their whiskey. And it's also apparently named for the town of Tin Cup, Colorado, which was an ex, or which is an ex, you know, formerly mining town in Colorado, which was apparently at, and it's actually engraved on the bottle, 5,251 feet of elevation. Uh, this is what I saw as the commercial, the more commercial release of Jess Graber, who is the founder of Stranahan's, which is uh, Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey. So if you're familiar with that name, this comes from... Uh, the same distiller, well, the same manufacturer, I guess. Um, the the mash bill on this is 64% corn, 32% rye, and 4% malted barley. So it's very rye heavy. It's rye forward. And that rye actually comes from Stranahan's. It's actually Stranahan's rye that's in this. The rest of the mash bill comes from what they call a large Indiana producer. They're very cagey about what's actually in this bottle. Well, did you find out who the what what the producer is? The large Indiana producer is MGP, mm. and there's a whole school of thought and a whole lot of consternation on the internet about MGP. 
but honestly they produce a lot of the mashes that go into a lot of different whiskey right. so like angels and v and bullet rye and, and, and any Dickel number of other things and yeah templeton and they also help to start small distilleries if you want to create a distillery and you don't have the ability to grow your own corn malted barley and rye then you can get it from mgp they will age it for you and then you can make your own whiskey so some people consider this a bad thing because it's done in a huge corporate environment where you basically just tell them what mash bill you want and they make it for you um but for the most part if you if you know unless you've got some resources that people don't generally have mgp can be a way to get started and so this is an mgp um whiskey that's then blended with Stranahan's cut with Rocky Mountain water and aged for at least four years in number three char oak barrels. So that's what tin cup is. And I also found out that tin cup is not two words. It's one word, tin cup, because it's the name of a town. So there you go. So just to be like really weird about stuff, again, this is very rye forward. The mash bill is a little bizarre. The aging is a little bizarre. The proof is a little bizarre. It's 42% because 42 Yes, uh, it does come from Colorado. Uh, the color is a pale, slightly cloudy amber color. Um, it is it is pale for a whiskey, but it's not aged too terribly long. The nose on it is the first thing that hit me was just sweet. It's like not any kind of sweet, just sweet. Um, but eventually, if you <laughs> eventually if you um, you know kind of nose it for a while, you get essences of. I didn't do that. My volume is supposed to be turned off. So, <laughs> Just not going to make it through this, are you? Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, and actually, for whatever, my phone has been freaking out, and which Russ will give me crap about later because I had to have <laughs> the Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. So last night it completely stopped having any volume from it, and today, <laughs> even though the volume is turned off, it's been beeping and burping at me all day long. <laughs> And I'm looking at it, and it says muted. But, yeah, that definitely wasn't muted. <laughs> so back to your whiskey. Yeah, back to the whiskey. All right, anyway, uh, 42%, 84 proof from Colorado. Color pale, light, cloudy, amber. Um, the nose on it is just generally sweet. You get a little essence of caramel, uh, some light fruit notes, toffee. And I put caramel in here twice, probably because there's, you know, caramel. <laughs> um, extra caramel. Yeah, there's extra caramel. The taste on it is it's a little dry um, because it's a very rye forward. Uh, They call it high rye, and it is. It's rye forward, but it's not as rye forward as a rye whiskey, and they don't call this a rye whiskey. They just call it an American whiskey. Uh, Again, it's sweet on the taste. You get the essence of the grains, particularly the rye and a little bit of the malted barley. There's a little essence of apple and a hint of candied apple. You can kind of separate them when you taste it. a little essence of cinnamon, some toffee, a little nut bread, kind of like a sweet bread, like a banana nut bread kind of thing, but there's no banana. And then you get the rye spice. The finish is not overlong, but it lasts for a little while. The spices certainly last the longest. That's that rye essence. Um, it's a light finish, dry and kind of tanniny. Um, some raisin, a little apple, cinnamon. That kind of mixes with the spice and the caramel, of course. That's kind of pervasive throughout the whole thing. 
and that's from aging in the charred oak barrels. Um, so you can find this stuff pretty cheap. I actually saw it today for nineteen ninety nine for a fifth. So what a bargain! Yeah, it, it's pretty inexpensive. Uh, it, it ranges anywhere from nineteen to twenty six ish, depending on where you get it. Um, it's not bad considering what it is. You know, an MGP blend mixed with a little bit of Stranahan's rye and filtered through some Rocky Mountain water. Um, the, the the tin cup that comes as the lid on this, you can actually use to drink it, you know, with. But that's a total joke. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I, I did, and it's a joke. Don't do it. Uh, pour it into a real glass and, and then enjoy it because you'll enjoy it more. So it's got a marketing gimmick. It's It's widely available. It's cheap. But all of those things add up to make it not particularly special to me. If you look around on the internet, it's it's highly rated. Lots of people love it. They probably love it because it's inexpensive. Uh, but there's not too much that's really special about it. So I'm going to give it an 86 um, because it's good but not great. So there you a go. lot of those recently. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah. mid to low 80s. Carl's Which, going bankrupt buying him booze that he doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is the thing I was going to review that I didn't review is great. It was really, really great. I'd probably give it like a 97, 98. Why um, didn't you review that? So time? maybe I'll just have to yeah, throw way that to, in. Way to end the year with a big turd. Well, we're not done, we're not done with the year yet. I can throw it in on the last one. <laughs> That's true. So. Sneak it in the round table. Well, I'm enjoying a very nice number 97. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to do that because I, I do want to let people know about it. I would. I'm not sure I'd give it a 97 or a 98, but it will be one of those two. It is it is yeah. by far my second favorite bourbon of any bourbon. So so I'll work Sweet. that in for the next one. But anyway, so that was Tin Cup American Whiskey. There you go. All right, Bill, what do you got going on? Okay, I'm I'm in the land of cheap beer, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell <laughs> the humor is really bad? And anyway, um, yeah, so I'm drinking a Rainier beer, or Rainier, 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 Rainier. I guess Rainier beer. Yeah, you know, like the mountain. <laughs> is it Rainier? Is it Rainier beer because it's like not really beer? It's it's, it's almost beer. beer. Yeah, right. yeah, it's almost <laughs> almost beer. <laughs> it is pretty low alcohol content volume. It's four point six percent. And, of course, from their, their blurb on the website, Rainier Beer brings together the nature's bounty from the great Northwest. We use golden barley to produce a beer rich in taste and texture, fermented slowly with a pedigree yeast culture under tightly controlled conditions. Rainier comes forth with a satisfying multi-flavor of over, or flavor over a slightly fruity background, spiced with Chinook, Mount Hood, and Willamette hop notes. Uh, I don't taste any hops. <laughs> <laughs> that's because your taste buds are completely burned out <laughs> if it's not 105 on the ibu scale you can't even taste it anymore right and and what would bring <laughs> me to drink this swill <laughs> what, what would do that you said there was a story what's the story there was a story behind it uh so uh i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh longmire the uh series on uh, netflix and i, used to I be on know A&E. of it but yeah. i've never seen it yes okay well the author behind the books craig johnson um He's, uh, you know, of course, uh, the, the main character, uh, Walt Longmire, drinks nothing but Rainier beer. <laughs> so every time uh, Craig Johnson comes to town, uh, we, we, of course, at, at the bookstore, because I'm part of a, a bookstore co-op as well. It's, I do a lot of volunteering there. Uh, we, we buy beer. And the last time he was serious promoting his last book, uh, this was probably about a month and a half ago. 
So I bought some beer and we kind of ran out really quick because we had like about 70 people there. And uh, he was coming back. Uh, he just came back uh, this past, uh, what was it, Friday, I think it was? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like Friday night or Saturday night, one or the other. Um, and he was doing his Christmas story. So he does, a, he writes, a, every year he writes an annual Longmire Christmas story. And then he goes around to uh, independent bookstores and uh, whoever else signs up, I guess, or through his publisher to uh, to see him. <laughs> so I bought quite a bit of beer this time. And uh, we actually had a smaller turnout. It was only about like, I was about to say about 40 people. Um, but I, I may maybe overspent a little bit on the beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I took home a cooler full of beer. And uh, so, yeah, so now I'm just getting used to drinking uh, uh, this mountain man beer. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's actually not too bad. It and use it in your hair. Really yeah, I probably could. Hair. I could use some scalp <laughs> treatment or something like that. But, uh yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I'll be drinking it for a little while. I did. I did see on their website that they actually have an IPA, which I have never seen here in our shelves. So now, as soon as I finish this stuff, I'm going to actually try to find that. Well, it's funny so, that it's a mountain beer and beer because if you look at the advertising for Tin Cup, it's all about being rugged mountain, mountain guy, yeah. you know, mountain climber, outdoorsy, camping, yep. you know, the whole the whole Colorado roughing it kind of thing. And you see a bunch of manly men popping the cork off and slinging it into their little tin cup. And, you know, so, yeah, it's like also a movie with Tim Costner. In it. I feel like it's an average whiskey. That's what I feel like. Well, you have so. a beard, so well, the kind of guy that likes a Jack and Coke, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, this, this is like your high dollar shit if you like a Jack and Coke. <laughs> Yeah, it's like quality crap there, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't discount it. You know, yeah. Coke no, is it, expensive it, too. It has a market. There's no question about that. Oh, Jack is actually more expensive than this. You can buy this for less than Jack Daniels. So, oh, well, now we're bags, talking. But not. Well, yeah. then you got to no. review Jack Daniels then, Jack, so we can a get a comparison. Jack is like twenty, twenty-two dollars, something like that, and that's about and what this that, costs. Yeah. So you yeah, said you found that. But is it like an eighty-five or an eighty-seven? Well, I, I oh Jack. Yeah, Jack's like about a, a seventy-one. Yeah, a seventy-one. <laughs> uh, in my in my world, it's down in the seventies. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> what about other like fancier blends, like Gentleman Jack and stuff like that? I, I haven't tried them because I know they're all going to taste like Jack Daniels in, in some way. <laughs> you know, there's going to be like no matter what, you, it's kind of like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's like no matter what, yeah. it's going to be. You know, there's still Jack underneath. So <laughs> that's why I always thought about Jim Beam too. Yeah, except right. I had like the double black Jim Beam or something like that. Jim Beam that double was, black is not that bad. Was, that was pretty good. Yeah, I was like, ah, I could do this, but that other stuff, I couldn't stand <laughs> that. The stuff you can buy in like a three liter bottle, yeah, just that's just pass. <laughs> <laughs> if it's cheap enough to put in a three liter bottle, you buy, you buy a you buy a handle, they give you a case. Yeah, that's stay away. <laughs> okay. You just need something to clean your floors with or something. Exactly, you know? that's right. A little. <laughs> <laughs> a little turpentine for you. A little JB Red and some pine salt. It'd be good to go. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's it. We're going to wrap up episode number 264 here. We hope we'll catch you for the live roundtable roundup of 2018 next week. And, uh, you know, participate if you can. If not, have a listen in. It'll be a fun show to, to wrap up the year with. So hope everyone has a good holiday season. And we'll leave you with that. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. 
and, and I'm going to sneak in the, the chat room here because I forgot on the last <gasps> one. So Shame we on. had uh, Don KC9ZMY, Don KB2YSI, Cubicle Nate, and Steve KD0IJP. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net colon 8008 stroke LHS live. Until next time, over and out. in the ham shack and the linux in the ham shack logo are released under a creative commons attribute non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 international license